I have yearned, always for love given and returned. I've spent my life in the attempt to give my love to those who are not worthy of it. Allow me this, to give my life for the sake of one who is. Your life has value. You can't throw it away like this. I know that. If I did not, then this would not matter. Go to your husband. There must be something we can do. Lieutenant Tate. I'm ready now. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Sassanacs, my name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and that right there, ladies and gents, that is some good writing. Oh, that is some good writing. That yes. scene right there was tremendous. And when she's when he says, "Of course, I wouldn't do it if this didn't matter. Like it, this is my yeah. choice to make. This is oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness gracious, love just it. love that stuff." Love. So incredibly good. And just in general, it just feels so good. Oh my gosh. We need the whole crew. Can you please go and get Dougal? Go get the, the cow. Can you oh, please uh, go get Frank? I'm like, who? We need everybody right, here. Right, we need right. our friends. We've got Jamie and Claire, and I appreciate that they're here, but we need a few more peeps here for our podcast studio. For those of you listening, Blake and I have a completely nerdy studio. And depending upon what we're podcasting about, different things come on out. And we've got some fun Funko Pops that listeners have sent us over the time. So if you do not catch the live video feeds, you're missing out. It's happening every Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Thank you so much. And shouting out to our friends joining us now live across the globe in the chat. Let us know where you're tuning in from. And if you found Outlander first through the books or through the show, as that is a really exciting thing. Here we are so many years into this television version of the fandom. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's it's flipping amazing. Yes. By the way, I'm just making sure that Frank and, and Blackjack are in the oh, front. Well, that's just fine. So we'll, we'll move those peeps. I, I wanted to make sure they were yeah, out, though, know, because there was a we'll moment sure. that I need to mention uh, about Blackjack Randall in this episode, which he was not in. So fun little things, of course, um, got going on there. Me. There we go. Oh, perfect. Frank's like, perfect. right on my mic. So friends, if this is your first time hanging out with us here at Outlander Cast, Blake and I want to give you the most warm welcome. We've got wicked thick accents as you're tuning in from Providence, Rhode 
Island, as I said earlier. Blake's got a nice, beautiful Boston accent. I've just got the beautiful amalgam of Boston and New York mushed together, which is known as Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. <laughs> so you're welcome if you're not from here. And if you don't understand something, if you're in the live chat, someone there may be able to translate it for you. We apologize. But Blake, of course, is a show watcher. I myself have read the books. We do keep this spoiler free for the podcast. And I like to lot. I use a lot of interesting. So when Blake comes up with some amazing <laughs> theories, we love hanging out with you, whether it is sending us feedback through email, voicemail, uh, checking in on our Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube pages. We just love to interact with other fans because believe it or not, years ago, nine years ago, uh, Blake and I were lonely parents with a colicky baby. Oh. And we had like no friends in real life. I mean, we had friends in real life, but we we're the first of our friends to really have kids. And so we didn't know what to do. And we just wanted to like talk with other people about nerdy things because that's who Blake and I are. That's what we bonded over when we met on Match.com back when it was shady. <laughs> those oh, are the days so much good shit. those are the days but we met because we were nerds and then we wanted to meet fellow people who love different fandoms and series that we did so we started podcasting from our dining room table in the midst of my like burping and feeding a baby and we have now had a second child through there they're now <laughs> 10 and 8 and so if you have been with us from day one Yes. Thank you. And we're also sorry you had to deal with so many crazy things that we've gone Remember through. Remember that when we, we, we would have the babies, like you'd be wearing them? Yeah, I do. Oh my Blake, goodness. Like, I remember. And you'd be happy. We'd be have them right there, <laughs> wearing them. They'd be cooing they and crying would. All right and on now, the podcast. And, and you still may hear them occasionally on the podcast because we still podcast from home in our beautiful home studio. Yes. Of course. Um, so thank you. Thank you. If you've been here, this is your first day one, or if you have been here since day one, we just are so grateful. And if you're joining in the live chat let us know how long you have been tuning into outlander cast for yes all right so we have got an episode recap sent to us from our delightful friend the queen bee herself angela hickey take it away blake oh okay here we go uh all right sorry i thought you were reading it i apologize you put it in black in our google doc yeah, I did. And for, that's, yeah that's, I didn't that's, know. that's right, like so the, the camera's on me now okay here we go <laughs> by the way camera all 4k all the cameras all the shots in the mary and blake studio 4k so i'm very excited about it this year Means you're gonna have to start to like iron and wash your shirts a little more. I know, seriously. All right, here we go. If your friends joining in live, Blake's got one of our favorite shirts at the Marion Blake store. Yes. Sundays are for the Frasers. Yes. All right. Jamie races towards Wilmington to rescue Claire from the gallows, only to find that she is with the governor's pregnant wife on a ship as the turmoil of the American Revolution has forced him to flee. Jamie begs her release, but the governor insists he deliver 200 men to fight for the crown first. In a twist, Tom Christie confesses to the crime, an act of love to Claire, and takes her place as the murderer, not the murderess, of Mallet. By the way, never knew that murderess was a was a was a I term. Love it. Love it too. It's, if I was a murderer, it's a way I would cooler go by name. Murderess. Yeah, totally. I agree. In a second storyline, Roger is asked to minister to a group of British soldiers and their conscripted prisoners. He discovers Wendigo Donner among them, who begs Roger to help him get home to his time. Roger his instinct, rather, is to help, but after hearing Bree's feelings, he decides not to and prays for him instead. The episode ends in a fabulous scene. A dangerous stone-cold Jamie sits in a dark corner when Richard Brown enters his room. And while Jamie is an honorable man, he is also a violent one. And one Richard Brown ostensibly meets his end. Mm. I've just thrown that out there. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Hey. 
Okay. It's all good. So that's that. We'll you know talk what? about it. You know, maybe I'm going to switch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to blackjack. Here okay. we go. Well, that just might be noisy for it, people on the It is, but, but you know what? Good. It is what it is. Sorry. It's my podcast. <laughs> okay. I love You've got to deal with it. I, I do. I okay. do. And I adore you for it. <laughs> all right. Here we go. So uh, so that is that. Uh, what else we got? So in each episode, what is super fun is Blake pays attention to... Um, the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts of what makes the show a show. He looks at it through the eyes of all the people that made it possible. And I don't all the time. So you get to hear some really cool facts that Blake and other people who love these facts pay attention to. I forget everything he says <laughs> after every single episode, but I appreciate the people who make these shows possible. So Blake, right, give us some of the details well, we gotta play the for music. all our fellow nerds. We got we to gotta play the music. We got, yeah. we, got, we got a whole thing. Yeah. Okay, here we go. All right, Marvin. So the title for this episode was A Life Well Lost. And the writer was Danielle Barrow. Uh, she has written for Outlander a couple of other times. Oh, well, actually, she, uh, for, for the past number of seasons, she has served as a staff writer and as a story editor, and now is, is an executive story editor. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But she actually has written, she has writer's credit for two episodes. Now, uh, episode 508, Famous Last Words, which is one of my favorites of Outlander. And then also, so episode 607, the penultimate episode of Outlander season six, the world turned upside down. Like I said, Danielle has served as staff writer. Now she, her official title is executive story, story editor. And what an executive story editor is really, it comes down to one thing. And it's the job of, ex and of, uh, of an executive story editor to supervise the staff writers, the people who are writing the stories, who are getting in there doing the day to day. They evaluate their work. They oversee any changes that uh, make the script and, and they make sure that it's ready for the visual production. So it goes to the executive story editor before it goes out into the world and gets produced. It means that you get to work hand in hand with all the writers throughout the writing and actually the rewriting process. You're enlarged in large part on set and you're, you're there able to deal with cast and, and crew and helping the writers move through the writing process actually on set to help make changes. And anything, and by the way, the most important job that they have is to make sure that the writers and the writing, the writing part of the, of the story is actually really keeping in mind what the audience wants and what the network or uh, the streamer will allow and what the producer, someone who is in charge of the show, let's say Matt Roberts, they have to make sure that what Matt Roberts wants gets done. So. They have been writers now for a few years. They're the ones that have climbed up the ladder of the writing process. And you they know what to look for. They know how to fix the problems. And they are the ones who bridges, they bridge the gap between the script writers and everybody else. So that is that. And the director was Lisa Clack. Lisa Clark is um, relatively new to the game. In fact, she actually served as an assistant to Sam Mendes. Now, Sam Mendes is a very famous director. Uh, he uh, re most recently has done the uh, James Bond film, Skyfall. 
And yeah. he also um, uh, the the one after that too, Spectre. Awesome. And uh, but Lisa Clark uh, has directed episodes of East Enders, Call the Midwife, and the Spanish Princess, which is one of the shows on Stars as well. Marvin. Yes, that my love. Is that how many kilts are you giving this episode? Woo wee! I mean. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode on so many levels. Now, granted, I've watched it multiple times. And mm-hmm. for those of you who are new to Marion Blake podcast, I truly believe that you end up liking a show even more with subsequent viewings. So sure. if you were someone who watched it once and you felt a little mad, I'm telling you, go back. You're going to find things that you love about it. Um, I've now watched it four times. Wow, really? I think, yeah. Holy smokes. Times. I have. Um and I give it a 4.9. Okay. All right. I give it a 4.9. I, you know, the funny thing is, <laughs> I think I expected a five out of you. Oh. Because you're, you're the one giving out fives like Oprah gives out cars. I do usually give out fives. Yeah. Sorry. I'm shocked, to be honest. Sorry. That's okay. No, no, no. That's fine. 4.9 is still so good. It is. It's very good. It's so good. It's yeah. It's still very good. Um, it For me, I think we we actually are pretty in line with our ratings. Has hell frozen over? No. Are pigs um, flying? No. Uh, but your your ratings uh, are usually my ratings, but my ratings are like two or three points below yes. normally. Uh, because I'm a very tough grader. You are a tough grader. So I'm going to give this one 4.76. Wow. Yep. That is very high for you. I know. <gasps> I know. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Uh, can you make that noise again? <laughs> oh! All right. That's what I'm talking about. I <laughs> okay. like that noise. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So that's that. All right. Your uh, GBG, my love. What do you have for your good, mm. your bad, and your great? Excuse me. This is not permitted. Okay, what? <laughs> when when Tim oh. says that, <laughs> when Jamie comes aboard, it is me, James Fraser, the former Indian agent, <laughs> sucking face right away, right away. Jamie Fraser and Claire Fraser uh. don't care. Where they are when they want to get it on, That's true. when they want to make up, and yet there's our man Tate. Excuse me, this is not permitted. <laughs> I love it. I just loved it. It made both of us laugh. Yes, audibly. It did. Audibly. <laughs> We're so Absolutely. good. And it was just this added bit of like, okay, we there's no sex necessarily in this episode, you know, at all. Like it's but we got that. Yeah. And we loved it. And he kind of brought us back that like, yeah, Jamie and Claire don't care. Yeah. They do not care. Don't care at all. And I just loved it. <laughs> um, okay, so my bad. <sighs> Lady Whistledown needs to move to the colonies. How come? Because somehow the governor's wife knows all the ish about oh, Claire Fraser yeah. the murderess. <laughs> and yet Bree and Roger, whoop, right over their heads. Yeah. Oh, Roger, what do you do with window go with Donna? Donna, like, oh, we're at the beach. No idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea what's going on with Mama. And I just, uh, you know, it's like... How does how does the governess how does she get to know? Once again, I think it's just Lady Whistledown. She's with the with oh, the city yeah. people, so that's one of my bad things. Is that they're just hanging out, eating apples, bringing around three day food. <laughs> no idea what's going on, but I appreciate that. Okay, but my actual bad. Yes, sir. Mm, and friends, please do not please do not send me to the gallows. Okay. I don't like the intro song. Oh, okay. I'm glad that you said it. I'm and glad I feel that you like said a it. sinner. 
But first and foremost, oh, goodness gracious, how can we have an Outlander intro without Raya? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't mind having it without Raya. Uh, Raya, by the way, is Raya Yarbrough, yes. uh, who Bear is Bear wife, the vocalist wife. For the she series. has done all the vocals. For, uh, Even when all. there's been a course, she's been like in it, and yeah. it's just, it's been lovely. And, and she's been doing his vocals since BSG days, Yes, right? and Blake and I also podcast about the show Rings of Power, which is the Lord of the Rings spinoff on Amazon Prime, and yes. she makes little beautiful appearances, and I just love her voice so much that, to me, she's a little outlander for me. And then... Sinead O'Connor's voice is just a little, is a lot different. So it's going to take some time for me. Yeah. Now, mind you, I will say, as a musician, I have generally enjoyed, I honestly have enjoyed every single version up until here. And sometimes it takes me a little time to get used to. Mm -hmm. I'm just not here yet with this. And I thought when I first heard the new intro that I was like, okay, Mary, just give it some time. It'll grow on you. It hasn't grown on me yet. And I thought by episode one it would have grown on me, and it hasn't. So that's actually my bad. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's absolutely <laughs> fair. 100% fair. So that's my bad, but not bad enough to bring it down. But I'm just saying, we got a 4.9 for a reason. And yes. then my grade is Tom Christie explaining <laughs> how one feels when all they want in life is to be loved back. Yeah. Made me so sad. Yeah. Made me so sad because we've all felt that in our lives, whether currently or in our past. And you're just like, this sucks. This <laughs> is the worst. Okay. I'm a romantic at heart. You know, Tom Christie has a notebook on his bookshelf next to the Bible. And he, he just, he just can't quit you, Claire. <laughs> just can't quit you. Oh my goodness gracious. It just, it hit me and I wasn't prepared to be hit like that. And I'm yeah. so glad that that is the sound clip that you used um, because it was perfect. It was my great for the episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the driving force for the episode, in my opinion. Like mm -hmm. there, there's no other reason for this episode to exist without that. Right. There, I mean, just it is, that is right there, the culmination we, yeah. of what I we think need. we all need. Uh, and that, I think gets into some things that I want to talk about, but we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So my good is actually, I think it's a blink and you'll miss moment or better yet. It's one that I don't think gets has I don't think it's been recognized enough, which is the opening card. The opening card is uh, shot. Thanks to me, Blake. The opening card. The one that I pointed out to you, and you were like, "Oh yeah, Mary, I didn't notice that." No, that no, you you shot, you talked about the opening cut like it was. Oh wow, they don't really do something like this. And then I was the one who brought it up. Oh, oh, but yes. what it was? Yes, yeah. Okay, got so it. all right, I got you. Okay, no, but it was one of those moments. I pl I pull out a lot of random things yes, in episodes, 100%. like Adam's apples. You're welcome, friends, for ruining that moment. <laughs> but this was one of the things that I was like, "Oh, Blake, this is like one of the things that I love to pull out." Yeah, we're seeing Jamie. We never see the leads really right. in the opening right. cards. All right, so the opening card is important. I think it's one of those things, if you're not paying attention, you won't get it. And that is, it shows the back of Jamie as he's walking up and he's going somewhere. What you finally recognize by the end of the episode is that what Jamie is walking to is the inn where Richard Brown is staying. Because Mary is like, hey, it's nighttime. Like, why are they... Like, this whole thing took place during the day. And then we both recognized, holy crap, this is Jamie going to the inn. 
that this is just the transition scene for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, like before that final scene, I when I when I recognized that, and when Mary and I had talked about it, I said, "Wow." Like that is some well thought out. It's super cool. That is some excellent stuff. Yeah. Like, and I recognized it because of the sign that Jamie walks under to the bar. Yeah. And then I put it all together that Jamie, when he walked underneath the bar mm-hmm. sign, he saw Richard Brown's horse. Yes. Because it was on our second viewing. Yes. When we, we, we see uh, Jamie and Ian arrive into town and it is daylight. They yes. go directly to the jail. It's right. daylight. They see Tom Christie. They're not like looking at horses all the time. But the the opening card yeah. is nighttime. Torches lit everywhere. There yep. is fire everywhere. Oh, and yeah. it is Jamie walking around. Which to me on a mission. Which to me, uh, by the way, is representative of that night where Jamie says kill them all. Remember, because yes, it was all by torchlight, yes! the whole thing, which is, yes! it's a callback to all that. So, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, really cool. I, I like that a lot. All right, but my bad. My bad isn't necessarily the show's fault, the episode's fault. You know what's fault. amazing? What's that? Is you did rate this this episode quite high for you. Yes. You didn't even write in the Google notes, you're bad. It is that small of a bad for you uh, that you didn't take time to type it. That's true. I am shocked. That's thrilled. true. All right. So my bad isn't necessarily something to do with the episode itself, though I do have some issues that we have to talk about. Uh, My bad is the fact that this has to be the premiere of season seven, right? And I say that, what? Raising a glass because I'm agreeing. Uh, Yeah. I'm raising a glass. This should have been somewhere else. This should have been the season finale of season six. And I know that there are some nerds out there that are going to say, well, this was going to be the season finale, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, I don't care. Like, stats are for nerds. Stats are for nerds. Like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. This, this, I, and I, I loved it as an episode. And there is, there's a conversation that we have to have mm-hmm. about what happened in this episode, what, what propels it. But this is the, this is what, if this episode were the finale of season six, season six would have been much better and much clearer in my opinion. And there was actually some closing out of what they tried to achieve in season six. Uh, as such, I just think that it, it just, it did itself in terms of storytelling, it did itself a disservice and not figuring out a way to make this the season finale. And we've talked about the season six issues at nauseum. So we're not going to like hardcore go into it. But for those who forget, all hell broke loose, okay? Murphy's Law broke loose while yeah. they were creating season six. So it, well, it was COVID and, and pregnancies was, and the whole thing. And, I get it. And but terrible still. conditions in Scotland and all this kind of stuff. So, so I appreciate, Blake, I appreciate yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but for those of those of you who didn't know, there was a lot of issues that went on. So maybe in their dream world, it would have ended differently. Yeah. So what's nice about this, though, is it does give some nice closure and it gives, because I agree with you, like this would have been a dang good cliffhanger yeah. for the end of season six. And I am so thrilled for friends who find Outlander later and they get to binge watch this and it goes and they're like, yes. Yeah. This this is so You know what's funny is that this kind of feels like a Netflix move where it's like you end the last season on this cliffhanger and you're like, ooh, just wait. You know, like, and it's it's just because they're treating it as though it's just one giant story as opposed to 
Which it is. And they also like, yes. didn't do this book by book. Yes, but I think the writers and the producers are obligated to tell a story unto itself. And this but, is the conclusion to the story that they began in season six. But I will say, ending it with this cliffhanger, knowing that it's premiere of season seven was kind of fun as well because we're going to have so many juicy conversations. Okay, what's your okay. great? All right, my great is actually, this is also something that is relatively subtle, but I'm, I love the way that they handle this in this, in, in this episode. And that is Jamie's choices. Uh, it's no coincidence that the episode begins with Claire in you know, a dream world, mm -hmm. uh, with Claire getting hung and Jamie just isn't there in time mm. to save her, right? And it's also not a coincidence that Jamie gives Tom Christie the ability to save Claire and not him. So Jamie has to literally overcome his worst fear mm -hmm. of not being able to get to Claire in time yep. and and instead hands that responsibility to somebody else. Jamie has not made that choice ever. Yes, he, he has. has. He has. Yes, he has. Uh, what, oh, uh, let, me, let me pick up the Funko. Hold let on. me pick up the Funko of who he made that choice in regards to in the past. Yes. And Mr. Frank Randall. Yes and no. Because Jamie made the choice to send her off, and they both knew in advance that she was in dire, like it was, it was in dire need. That it, the circumstances are different. Jamie is, Jamie has the ability to go save her, get on that ship, fight the whole crew, and take her off. Yet he chooses not to. He puts that, he entrusts that to somebody else. That is an incredible yeah. choice for this character, right? Because he has to face his fear from his vision that mm -hmm. he had, right, at the beginning of the episode and allow that to happen. Like yeah. he he takes that risk. It's there there isn't a guarantee that Tom Christie is going to do what he says he's going to do, especially given their history, right? And to that end, the episode doesn't let Jamie off the hook for his choices that he's made in the past whether he was the indian agent and then gave it up or you know being what be, like not necessarily fighting with the regulators but like being a part of that and having people question his loyalty like all of these decisions that he has made they kind of come to a head like somebody's got to pay the bill a little bit here and jamie kind of does and i like that because a lot of the time jamie seems to always make the right choice he always seems to like have the answer. And in this instance, the answers that he's created aren't the ones that are actually doing him the best service. Yeah. Right. So I like the fact that the show doesn't let him off the hook yeah. in any way. And they actually make Jamie make a real choice as it relates to the one person that he loves most on this planet and entrusts another person to save her. Mm -hmm. By the way, that same guy that he entrusts is in love with her too. Yeah. Right. Just so, like Frank Randall. Just like Frank. So like I just. This, that was like such a cool thing. You and I were talking about this just sooner. And it's funny because, of course, Blake and I are married and we live together. And so it is so hard for us to hold our tongues when we know we're going to be podcasting about something. And we were just saying it in passing where we were like, oh my gosh, Jamie had to trust another man who loves Claire to save her when he can't. Like, how crazy is this? 
And how gut-wrenching for yeah. my fellow Taurus. I know. <laughs> oh, 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 my goodness gracious. All right. So, Mavin, I I, I, I want to say one thing that I, I have to get off my chest. Okay. Let's do it. Just and, do it. And, and it kind of relates to my bad, which is the stuff with with Roger and Bree and Wendigo Donner, it all felt like uh, too separate. And... I think this is one of the things that the back end of season six suffered from, which was like, we have these stories with Roger and Bree and Jamie and Claire, and they're all going, they're kind of going in their own directions and we have to follow them. And, but how do we, how do we mend the two and how do we bring them back together again? And I say it kind of relates to my bad, which was, I think the issue that they have is they needed to, Daniel Barrow needed something to propel this season, the current season, forward while the rest of the sh- episode wraps up everything from last season. Mm. And that, to me, the momentum that carries this season forward is Roger and Bree and Wendigo Donner. I want to hear your opinion on that and see what you think. About it feeling awkward within this episode. Yeah, and like and, I agree. And wh- whether or not you what like what did you think of the Roger and Bree stuff? Did it did it fit for you? I just feel like that's premiere fodder. Okay, we got to do this here, and we got to stick it in now. We can't just have like Roger and Bree show up in episode two, so we got to lay at least this little bit right here because things will be moving forward with this storyline as we wrap up another storyline. Yeah. It, as I said, though, it felt weird to me in this same episode right. where it was like all the ladies in the jail know that Claire's the murderess. The the governor's wife, who's on a boat, knows that Claire's the murderess. Yeah. And yet word still hasn't gotten to them. That was the thing that was weird for me where I didn't feel like it fit. Yeah. Um, But they don't have owls to deliver post. So. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Nor, nor airplanes for interdepartmental mail. So. <laughs> that's right mary uh so but i mean i will say that i i I get the roger and Bree stuff i appreciate where they're going or what they're trying to do for those characters i also christina peters figured it out because there's no post on sundays yeah (laughs) no post on sundays thank you christina that's why they didn't get the memo uh i i like that they're, they're trying to give some extra flavor and also the fact too that this is Outlander, right? We kind of have to play back and play towards time travel. Agreed. Right? Like, because that, that, like, the Roger Bree stuff, I appreciate, but really it's the Roger stuff with the Wendigo Donner that mm-hmm. I'm like digging. And, and obviously that's a conversation they have. So that's what I'm saying is that, like, we're putting this here because we need to feed off of it. Mm-hmm. It just felt a little out of place. Sure. Yep. I agree. I agree. Okay, so before we get into the rest of the analysis for this episode, we wanted to make sure that you, our friends, are subscribed to our podcast, whether you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or someone else sent it along your way. We are a audio podcast as well. You can search it in your favorite podcast app. Just hit that subscribe button and the latest episodes will be sent directly to your phone. It is amazing. You can also follow Blake and I on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube all just by searching Mary and Blake. We've got a slew of other podcasts that we cover. Head to maryandblake.com and you can actually get on our email list. I am going to be sending regularly scheduled just complimentary emails to remind you about the podcast episodes, let you know about some other things that we've got going on. So head on over to Mary and Blake 
com. if you have not yet gotten on our email list because yes. we want to have you there. And yeah. as always, thank you, friends, at jointhenerdclan.com for making all of this possible. It's our Patreon community who donate as little as $2 a month to keep our lights on, keep our website fees going, <laughs> help us keep this podcast free, uh, free of charge. Free another, of charge. Another Harry Potter reference for you You're right a wizard, there. Harry. And there we go. All yeah, right. and actually, it was the members at jointhenerdclan.com who, like Mary said, make this happen. They actually decided one of our podcasts once. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the, for The Last Kingdom. So uh, that's all free, by the way. Uh, you can go to maryblake.com, check out The Last Kingdom. Uh, or- uh, We have all of the Queen episodes, by the way, up. Yes, uh, right, for Queen, Queen Charlotte. Charlotte. Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, but also, uh, for those members, right now, we're going to be doing the world-famous After Doc shows right after these episodes for Outlander Cast. We do it live right after the production for this show. So members at jointhenerdclan.com will be able to get a chance to- Join in on on the fun. I've got one extra little special thing that I'm going to be doing. What's that? Bear McCreary, who you all know, is the composer who who scores the soundtrack to the score to um, Outlander. Yes. I'm going to be um, helping uh, read along with some of his blog posts and helping digest um, how he came to Outlander music. And that is going to be for our patrons at jointhenerdclan.com. Oh, so since Mary's the musician of, of us, she's yes. going to be d- d- talking about the musicality of of Outlander and yes. what Bear McCreary does. Starting with is, season one music. Yes, yeah, so, and she's going to be going all the way up through, I think, season five mm-hmm. or at least season six, I think. So we'll see how all that turns yeah. out. Very excited about that. All right, Marvin, so what else... Uh, what else serves you here? What serves me so incredibly much is ye gods and little fishes. All right? <laughs> Sadie Ferguson's line, ye gods and little fishes. Yeah, right? When the, when the soldiers are coming in, I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> because that is the best phrase I've ever heard in my in my life. But um, I just need to give props because every once in a while, there are little characters inside of Outlander that just... Oh, that just make me so excited because they give me giggles or they yeah. make me feel big. Like things. the Bubbies lady. The like, Bubbies lady. Yeah. And got, now- she got nice Bubbies. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Dorcas. Dorcas was her Dorcas. name. <laughs> Dorcas and her Bubbies. And now oh, Miss Ferguson, who uh, was, of course, uh, she was going to be on trial soon for forgery. Just wanting some gin. Just wanting some money. Yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah. She's just here laying it down, been there for 29 days. What gets her through? Do you think she's a beef eaters kind of girl? I don't know what that means. That's beef eaters gin. Oh, beef. Sorry. (laughs) Well, our kids just told us that a keychain smelled like beef jerky, what, an hour ago? (laughs) So I've got like actual beef stuck in my head. I don't know. That's a great question. Great question. But she. She brought so much light and levity to those dark and blue jail scenes. Yeah. And if I was suddenly thrown in jail and I didn't have a Sadie there for me, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and and for Claire's voiceover, yeah. bringing the voiceover. Oh, um, yes. And Jamie had a voiceover too, yes, which yes. is interesting. But they need they needed it. You can't have Claire like mumbling under her breath like creature from Harry Potter or to the Phoenix. <laughs> oh, you little mudbloods. You're a wizard, oh, Sadie Ferguson doesn't know that she's going to be stuck in here for years. <laughs> <laughs> like they just, you can't do that, right? But that is wild to think. The noble that, house of black. <laughs> that, that they... Like, shut it down, and good luck. Just good luck right. scrubbing and hanging out here, getting your one one meal a day. Pay it off the drunk <laughs> sheriff's wife. Oh, my gosh. All I could picture was um the Cell Block Tango song. 
Isn't that... I have no idea what you're talking about. With uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Still don't know what you're oh talking about. Oh, God. Okay, we have some homework to do. I know who Catherine Zeta-Jones is, but yes. I don't remember. I have no idea what you're talking about with the cell block tango. Sorry. Okay. I got nothing. <laughs> wow. Between Sound of Music and now this, we've got some work to sound do. Sound like. of Music. Oh, my God. What a, what a hunk of junk. All right. Look at uh, all these friends. They get it. They know. Uh, oh, Chicago. Okay, fine. You've watched Whatever. it. I've seen Chicago. One Best Picture, 2005. Yeah, I, I know, that. Blake. It's awful. That was an We've awful choice. We've awful choice. To do. <laughs> By the way, Mary, you called it out. I want to mention this too. Uh, I have a sub great. <laughs> all right, you ready? A sub great goes to Alistair Walker, who was the director of photography for this episode. Mm. The lighting in this episode was chef's kiss i mean spectacular as a matter of fact it's this oh my goodness oh my goodness i you know i i have been one to criticize outlander for no. <laughs> for the lighting and how <laughs> everything just seems to feel so flat mm. some uh, for most of the time it doesn't feel very it's something i've never been called <laughs> <laughs> Talk about dogas and bubbies. <laughs> anyway, yes, Blake. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I would say that this episode was so well lit and so textured. Uh, it it was so well lit. It actually reminded me of the Last Kingdom. That's how well lit it was. Uh, mm. The the Last Kingdom was masterfully shot. Uh, you may not be a fan of the content. You may not like Uhtred all that much. Uh, I disagree. Took me a while. Um, Took me a while. But uh, it, this one felt tremendous. And I felt that in the boat scenes. Yes. Uh, I also felt that at the end of the episode when Jamie is sitting in the dock, in the chair, just in the waiting. Uh, in the chair. In the dock. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Your cousin from Boston. You're welcome. Um I would that scene, that style of filmmaking is very difficult to do, uh, and it takes uh, specific lighting, it takes specific positioning to do that. Mm. For Jamie's face to be half lit and then bleed into the back of the film, uh, and and just be nothingness. Uh, again, it it feels like a visual language callback to the end of season five. I was floored at how well shot this episode Agreed. was, uh, especially especially as it relates to how flat season six felt uh, in many instances. So I, I think we're going to, I don't know why the shift, I don't know why it felt so differently. Maybe they listened to Outlander cast with Marion Blake and said, you know what, that Blake Larson we're going to blow his doors off. <laughs> Hashtag goals for season seven. I know. <laughs> blow the doors off for Blake. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to call that out. Alistair Walker, just, he he blew doors mm. in this episode. It, you, you really could not get any better uh, than what he achieved, especially that final scene. Yeah. I mean, and that to me, aside from the interaction between Tom and Claire, I mean, th what Jamie did... At that final scene with Richard Brown, uh, exceptional stuff. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm also a violent man. Like that is perfect writing. Uh, right there is a Taurus. Yeah. 
<sighs> to say that. Yes. I mean, can we just go into this? Well, there's so many other things to cover in this oh, episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go, man. But can we just get to the brown of it all at the end and the did he, did he not? I am so excited. So excited to see what they do with this. I think, oh, man, there's a, and I think that's what makes this interesting, Mary, because it could go either way, right? Do. What do you think Jamie did? Ah, oh, man. All right. So if I'm the writer, I have two mm. things in mind. Now, Blake isn't a Taurus, friends, like I am. No, I'm a Pisces, and I'm, I am the, the very definition of being a Pisces, mm. as is Mary being the very definition for a yes. Taurus. yes. I would. Um, I would. As a as a writer, <laughs> I would look at that and say, okay, I have two choices. One, I don't want to bring Jamie down to that level. I mean, clearhead or ether, Jamie can be a murderer. Uh, that's true. Uh, but then again, I look at it and say, this was also the guy that said, kill them all. Yeah. So... He he doesn't have innocence necessarily to protect, but he also has likability to protect, right? Does him killing, does his killing Richard Brown in cold blood right then and there, does that take away any likability? Mm, because he did it. Because he's just he like did in it. his room, shows up, we're going to do this right here, right now. Yeah. And the other thing, not I, like in a duel, not right. on a battlefield. No, like, like this I'm is gonna it. show up in your room, and you're gonna be dead. You're gonna be dead now. Um, you know, is Jamie above Listen, that? No, because this is James Fraser, who we have been in love with now for six previous seasons. Yeah. We're here for it. We would do the same for Claire. <laughs> Any anyone else who's a Taurus live watching right now? Would you agree? I mean, maybe not. Maybe you don't want to admit to saying yes, I'd murder someone on social media. But I'm here to tell you, as a Taurus myself, yeah, I would have said the same thing when he's like, "And I'm a violent man." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Bulls have horns. Bulls have horns for a reason. Yes. Do not mess I, I, with my family. I, I, so I, I think the more. Oh, I left out. He was like, oh, yeah, my nephew. You know, the one that you like totally ruined. He and his Cherokee friends taking care of your friends, too. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that anymore. Like, oh, yeah, that was goodbye. awesome. Yep. Like that. Uh, the whole thing Jamie do it? was masterful. How does Jamie do it? I bet. Oh, the most cold blooded freaking way to do it. Mm. Just strangle him. Okay. Just like, just watch the life go right out of his eyes. You know, it's not messy. Yeah. And like, no, no ain't no one going to figure it out. Love it. You know, the other mm -hmm. way is like to puncture him like in the liver. Just watch him bleed yeah, out. Yeah, but then you got to clean up the mess. No, you don't need to do any of that. How do you get rid of the body? Who cares? Okay. Not my chance, not my problem. Love it. Here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, and does he go home and tell Claire? Oh. Or does he keep a secret from Claire? Like she well, kept a secret from what, him. What gives me pause in all of this? is the fact that they didn't show it. I kind of, if he's going to do it, I want to see him do it. I mean, do you? I do. Will that tarnish? Because see, the vision that I have in well, my mind of Jamie is season one Jamie just shoveling hay. Like that gif that plays on social media. When I think of Jamie, that's what I see a lot. Uh, sure. I see that. I, I see a lot of different things. But that's kind of the Jamie that I want to see. And I don't necessarily know if I want to see him doing, I mean, he's killed a lot of people. We've seen him kill before. Yes, uh, but this this feels this feels different. This feels obviously and rightfully very personal and very intentional, right? A lot of the times, it's it's not the only other one that I would say 
is probably Dougal, but that felt different too, right? Like, so we, I, you you want to see it? I want to see it because the the general rule of thumb in television is, unless you see a body, mm-hmm. that guy ain't dead, uh, or that yeah. lady ain't dead. Okay, so right? what if we see a body without the murder? Okay, then I'm then I'm in. Okay, okay, I'm fine. But I I kind of want to see it only because of how personal it was. How I wanted to see feel? the life go out of his eyes. How will Claire feel, Blake? <sighs> he comes home and he says it with an Italian accident accent. I took care of it. Hey, you know, you know, he's sleeping with the <laughs> with the with wee the fish. fishes, yeah. with the fishies, <laughs> ye gods and little fishes. The I sco- heard it from Sadie Ferguson in the jail. <laughs> I thought, you know what? That's a good idea. The sleeping sco- with the little fishes. The Stugats on this guy think he could do what he's <laughs> what he can do. <laughs> Maron. Okay, so uh, so all right. So, so we're feeling he did it. Yeah, I think it's done. I think that he did it. I think it's and. I think that he did it only because we got to be done with these Browns. I agree. We, we got to be over. We as the audience need to be done with the Christies. done with it. Done with the Browns. Yeah. It's time let's to move on. Let's move on. And I think that that's what this episode did for us. Yeah. Well, it had to, right? Like, so let's and get that's rid why, of these creeps. That's why this would have been superior as a finale as opposed to a premiere. Um, but I will say this. We at least are now open to the opportunity mm. of getting us towards an actual goal, right? I think some of the time over through seasons four, kind of five, definitely six, there wasn't a thing that brought us somewhere, right? There wasn't an overall arc. I think getting past the Browns, getting past the Christies, being out of Fraser's Ridge actually gets us somewhere. Okay. And that is the American Revolution. We know that is coming. Mm-hmm. And, and I say partially about season five because there was the Battle of Alamance, right? And we and we had a number of people to get us there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this opens up a lot of fertile ground for Outlander in a way that it hasn't really had since season three. And I would say the Battle of Culloden. Um, that was superior in many ways. Oh, Lumos is here. Um, I don't know. What do you think about all that? Do you you think... (laughs) I loved this episode. (laughs) No, I'm saying I like it too. And I think it it opens up an opportunity for the show to actually get into the groove of what it's really good at. To move on. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's it. But fun little things that I need to point out in the beginning of the episode because there's no appropriate place for me to say this. I honestly thought in the beginning when Claire is up on the gallows and she's sitting up there and there's this blurred figure, the executioner behind her, oh. I thought it was Black Jack Randall for a moment. Oh. The expressions that this actor had in his face and just the way that it was blurred. And mind you, it's super blurred. It's super quick. Once he's on the other side of her shoulder and he's in focus, yes. you know it's not him. But when I saw this, and you had the dreamlike feel to it, right? You knew it wasn't necessarily re- like fully real. Yeah. Um, but I saw this, I was like, oh my God, did they get Tobias Menzies back for this little bit? Because this would be bloody brilliant for this to be part of her nightmare or part of Jamie's nightmare. Yeah. That it would just be a similar oh my God. faced if, person. That would have been th- the biggest nerdgasm ever if that was Blackjack for me. When, friends, when you rewatch that bit, I'm telling you, like, because I made Blake do. I was like, Blake, look at it through the lens that he kind of looks like. 
like Tobias Menzies, the actor, oh until, as God. I said, once he's fully in focus on the other side of the shoulder, different story, but the on her her right or left as viewers, you could think that it was truly right. him. And that just blew me away. If you think about it, this is Jamie's nightmare that he can't get exactly. to Claire in time. Yes. And who better than to have Black Jack Randall mm-hmm. do that? And like, we all know that as it's happening, it's not real. Like, yeah. We know that it's a dream. So if, it, if we all know that it's a dream... <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's Lean go weird. In. Let's yes. get weird, dude. Yes. Let's get wicked weird. <laughs> and I, when you said that, I had chills up my spine when You're you welcome. said it where I was like, that would have been, and that would have been such a great callback. Like mm. It just would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. It Like, oh, oh, when I, oh, okay. That, it, it, that's one of those like happenstance, happy little accidents things yeah. that I don't think probably it wouldn't. No. I don't think that would have come that up normally. That wasn't like their thing. Yeah, yeah, right. So I also love when Ian is like, "Oh, John Quincy the Cherokee have gone back. We're gonna, we're gonna get less attract- uh, attention." And I was laughing with Blake because <laughs> here's Ian riding in with Jamie, like in full out, you know, facial tattoos yeah. and garb, like all things. And I'm like, "No, Ian. Of course you won't attract any attention." <laughs> like. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. The irony of the, of <laughs> yeah. him saying it. And it was also the kind of like the show being like, yep, yeah, we don't have all these people again. Uh, so. We're just going to do this. Yeah. Hey, Uncle Jamie, that was wicked smart of you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Us going in alone. That shot, though, of Sam Hewen, Jamie's eyes, the oh, close up yeah. as he's opening and then the yeah. voiceover, knowing that she's alive because he's made this pledge to her and he could just feel it. Oh yeah. my God. Thank you. Premiere season seven. Yes. I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, I always like to call out when we see scenes in an episode that are from the opening credit, yes. the opening song. However, and we did get to see um, the scene on the beach with Brie on the beach with yep. um, Jimmy as, as Roger's walking on up and um, <laughs> you're not the murderers. <laughs> <laughs> The tone for Harry Potter friends, and if you're not a Harry Potter fan, I apologize. I'm just like deep in it today. The way that 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 they said it, you had the murderous. It reminded me of the night bus. Stan Shunpike. Stan Shunpike when he's like, you don't know Sirius Black. He's a murderer. And it's just, I think it was the you're accent wizard, of Harry. these two actors. Yes. Uh, whichever kind of accent it is, I'm not great on my English location accent bits, but they had the same like sound to it. And I was just like, oh my God, is that Stan Chunpike's grandma? (laughs) What's going on here? All right, but before we continue, we have to thank our partners in this episode. Let's get to it. Just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Weebox, our longtime partner. Oh my good. Our friends at Weebox, they get it. It, it. Weebox is a monthly subscription gift box that is designed to share Scotland with Scots and Scots at hot all over the world, just like you nerds. Oh my gosh, it's amazing because every Weebox is carefully curated around a monthly theme with five bony gifts and treats, which are exclusive and can't be bought outside of Scotland. So it's a great value. There's a free magazine written with Scotland's top journalists, free exclusive virtual tour with internet sensation Andy the Highlander, plus a soundtrack to listen to as you unbox your gifts. Oh my gosh, can we all just squee with excitement right now? <laughs> <laughs> so the contents of each wee box are worth so much more than what you pay for it. And it actually supports small Scottish businesses, the craftsmanship, and its its environment and charities too. And we, we got our own wee box this season. <sighs> it's Outlander themed. 
all of the amazing things that are Outlander related in this box. Trust me. And we've gotten them for many oh, years yes. now where we get like little bits of tartan newspaper. And, and I've gotten them as gifts from yes. some of our friends. So yes, if you are interested, head on over to webox.com. And you can use the code CAST10, so C-A-S-T-10, for 10% off at checkout. What's not to love? I know. Actually, we- I want to make an amendment to that. It's webox.co.uk. Sorry for Thank that. Thank you. Yeah, webox.co.uk. Yes. Webox.co.uk and put in CAST, C-A-S-T-10, the number 10, uh, for 10% off at checkout. You don't want to miss it. I'm telling you, these people, they got it. They they got it. All right. So amazing. All right. So that is that, Marvin. All right. So what else uh, stands out to you in this episode for uh, for your thoughts? Penny for your thoughts, kiddo. All right. (laughs) When Jamie is chatting with Tom Christie and Tom Christie's laying it all out for him, like, all right, you know, I'm going to sacrifice myself and I'm going to do this and you got to listen to me, Jamie. I need to do it. And Jamie's like, no, no, I want to get my 200 men. I don't like this idea, Tom. You know, they're talking, you know what I'm talking about. They're talking on the porch area. Yes. He's trying to talk Tom out of it. All I could think about is Jamie Fraser probably sucked at group projects. (laughs) Sucked at it. No. Nope, I don't want to do it. Like, what? it took him so long to say yes to Tom. Sure. It yeah. wasn't like, wow, Tom, sure, great idea. You'll admit to the murder. I don't have 200 men in my back pocket. Right, yeah. Like, Leah, let's try your idea, buddy. I great, like, sweet. I like no. how Jamie's plan was, uh, yeah. I don't know. And so Jamie's just like <laughs> dragging his feet. And I'm like, Jamie, come on. <laughs> But he, just like you mentioned earlier, he likes to be the one in charge. He likes to be the one that comes in and saves the day. And it just made me think of people who, like myself and like Blake, don't Mm. usually like group projects. I'm not a group project Because you're like, will you follow through? Will you hand in your assignment? Or will I end up having to fix things in the end? Like, can I really depend upon you to get this done? Because my grade depends upon this. (sighs) And Jamie... Jamie says yes. I mean, he also, as I said, doesn't have the 200 men. So I just loved that. Yeah. When Jamie is talking to Richard Brown. No, to oh, to Richard Brown or to Tom Christie? To, to Richard Brown. I okay, just sorry. have some little notes. Okay, yeah. um, Fun little thing. You hear him say, like, about what you did to my wife. And Jamie and Claire's theme plays ever so slightly right in that scene. Oh, like, yeah. Right there. Yeah, yeah. And it is so beautiful and so small that if you you could blink and miss it. Yeah. But when you rewatch that scene, just just wait for their theme because it was amazing. Now, Blake, if you were pregnant, would you let a possible murderess touch you? And would you drink her tea? It depends on how pregnant I am. Okay, so you're as pregnant as the governess's governess's. I wife. would say yeah. Governor's wife. Because I'm a Slytherin and I don't care. Like, you don't care help about me what out. the baby? I don't no, I don't care about what you did, what you've yeah, done. I'm saying, like, maybe she'll murder you. So this is a murderess. Supposedly that murdered a pregnant woman She's and cut her baby. Murderess. She's a murderess. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't care. If she can like, help it's me. It's not like she like murders guys Listen, and like cuts I, off their penises. This is a woman who supposedly murdered a pregnant woman and cut her baby. And I, here you are, a pregnant woman with a baby in your belly, and you're gonna be like, sure, touch me all up. Like, I'll drink your tea. I would not have had that ginger tea. I have zero morality when it comes to myself. What? I will do whatever it takes to save me. Yeah, I'm saying, why would you trust her? Because that's Here's the person. Claire, just that's the one boop. person that can save me. You think? That, well, that's what I know. That's the information that I got. 
I would not have drank that tea. I'm going to tell you, I loved how the lady was like all sweating and clammy, checking herself out in her little mirror, cute thing. Like, oh, woo yep. is me. Lady, you're on a ship in the fog. Nobody can see you anyway. Why do you keep powdering your nose? And there she is like, oh, you got the murderess. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll drink your tea. Nope. There's a famous story uh, for Mary and Blake Media. Nope. Would not do it. There's a famous story, Mary and Blake Media. I will drink tea before I drink your tea, what Claire I was, Fraser. What I was... Uh, when I was a kid, yep. I was all upset about the Alaskan pipeline, oil pipeline. And I, I went to my dad and I said, hey, why are they putting this pipeline in Alaska? They're going to kill all the polar bears. And my dad said, well, if it's if it's choice between you or the polar bears, who are you going to choose? And I said, well, me. And he's like, exactly. So it, Listen, it, I don't I'm care. Saying, I it, don't care. Yeah, but like, how do you know she's not I, like Jack the Ripper of pregnant ladies coming on this boat? Like, ooh, someone, someone's pregnant needs help? Like, I would not trust her. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But whatever. I don't care. I don't care. By the way, how funny is it that Governor Martin was way more upset about Claire uh, being possibly treasonous as opposed to oh. being a murderess? I loved that. <laughs> I loved how he was like, goodbye, Major, you little gossiper. We already got yeah. the whistled down peeps over yeah, here. Right. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't need you. But what I do need to talk about with Killer Fraser is all the situation. So, of course, when Jamie comes on in after yes. they're snogging. Oh, yes. All yeah, the snogging. That is not permitted here. Um, <laughs> after the snogging, he's like, buddy. I'll give you your wife. Because Jamie's like, buddy, you hung out with her. Yeah. You think she's a murderer? Yeah, come on. The governor's like, obviously not. She's kind of my best friend. She's wicked smart. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually ask her to make me a little concoction with bourbon in it. We got, <laughs> we got a thing going on. But he says, you need to come back here and prove your worth with 200 men and sign back up. I don't blame him. Loved that. Loved it too. Loved it. I was got to like, get his cake go? and eat it yes. too. Yes. Okay. And get him out of this fog. The, man, the man's called his excellency for a reason. I mean, okay. he? Yeah, sure. Why not? The the, the man got to a, a level of power somehow, and it wasn't but for funsies, okay? This is just another way to make that happen. But it does, it does put Jamie and Claire in an awkward situation going forward because Jamie, Jamie has committed to getting 200 men to the governor. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. For her to be released free. Yeah, but you don't think that the governor's gonna be like, hey. No, I yeah, I do. I mean, I think I think Jamie's got a lot of problems on his hands for yeah, the next I th- rest I of think this they, season. I, don't, I mean yeah. I don't think he's gonna be getting scot free with um Yeah. No, I don't I, I think But that she came they, back on the boat. Trouble is a brewing. They sent her back, Blake. They did. Here you go. Here's your wife. Yes. We wouldn't have taken Here's her out wife. of jail. Here are your kids. Hide them. <laughs> Hide your kid. Hide your wife. <laughs> Thank you, Blake, for that callback. I'm like two decades ago. I know. Um no, I just, I, I didn't, I felt like both the governor and his wife are educated, intelligent people and they could see right through it that obviously this woman is not a murderess. Yeah. So, because, I mean, he even says like, you're going to be staying here on this boat my entire wife's pregnancy. Yeah. You know, like, you wouldn't throw that around if you really thought you were in danger. True. True. Um, uh, when to go Donner? Let's do it. Well, let's go there. I have a uh, I have an outlandish. Are theory. you done with the boat? Do you need any more time on the boat? Uh, no. I, I think that I think we're good on the boat. I mean, like whatever. Do you need any like, more time with Major? He sucks. I loved when she was like, "Oh yeah, you manipulative yeah. boss. You manipulative bastard." I love how she just like swears. Claire just drops bombs. Right. Boom, boom, <laughs> swear, swear, swear. I don't care who I'm in front of. 
We were her, just doing her F's account is on overdrive. Oh my gosh! I you know, we were just watching some of season one and just like how they remark upon like the mouth on that woman. Oh, like, I know. And and I just love it. I flippin' love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, no. It makes I think, you wonder if Dinah Gabble don't just like mutter swears all the time. Of course she does. Her, of course she does. Know? Like if a coyote comes in her yard, and she's like, oh, "You fucking <laughs> bastard." <laughs> like does she come up with the new things that like ooh, what would claire say <laughs> um how would she say bastard in a different way <laughs> <laughs> no she would say bastard oh you bastard uh my the claire voice is making a comeback i'm just i'm throwing so. that out there I'm, I'm throwing that out there all right so um i do want to say this I, I'm glad that we've moved on from Tom Christie in the, in the Browns for the most part. Uh, we still are going to have to deal with what I have always She still believed. has to go home. She's got to go home. and we still There's still a Christie there. There's still you got all Alan, the Fisher folk. Right? You got all the Fisher folk. Okay. Like, they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. And, and my outlandish theory last year was that Alan was the, actually the one that killed her as opposed to obviously Claire. And I don't, I have 0.0 trust that, uh, that, he, uh, what's his name? Tom actually killed Malva. Like there, there's no chance in any of that, right? Um, but I do want to mention this. Mark Lewis Jones as Tom Christie was spectacular. Agreed. And it really, again, like it's like I said, I'm not sure how much I'm buying the fact that he like loved Claire. Like I, I don't know if I got enough between them to understand like his love of her. Mm -hmm. But because Mark Lewis Jones is such a good actor, like this is what happens when you have like a real adult at the table. It made me think of someone who's loved me and has done weird things. All right. No, but picture that. Like creepy, right? Weird. Would do something like that. Like there's people in this world who do things like that. (sighs) You're saying you don't believe that Tom Christie would do it. You just said you believed the actor. I'm telling you, there's people who do things like that. Well, I believe him because Mark Lewis Jones is incredible. The kid that you're talking about is nothing but a jabroni. I'm not saying he's not a jabroni. I'm just saying that there's people who would do things like that. And if I can believe that Tom Christie would do that. That, If I see that kid again. Stop, stop, stop. Anyway, uh, what I wanted to say was I I think that I'm happy that we've moved on from it. But the show is going to miss the adult at the table with Mark Lewis Jones. Like, that guy is awesome. And he's a great actor. And I, th- I don't think a lot of people could have pulled that character off. I think he was the absolute perfect choice. And I think the show is going to miss Raise him a glass. little bit. I think the show is going to miss him a little bit. Okay. Because, uh, especially when it comes... And here's what... Here's what actually made me think of this. Mm. Um, it, yes, I mean, obviously the conversation between Tom and, and, and Claire was a big one. But there was this incredible, incredible juxtaposition between Tom Christie and Richard Brown, mm-hmm. right? And Jamie's dream, Richard Brown is standing in one particular spot and he's watching Claire get hung and he smiles as the whole thing goes down, right? Tom Christie is standing in the same exact spot, but when Jamie goes to go to Claire, and and he's smiling as Jamie is going there to go get her. And I love that the show- What do you mean? Like he was standing in the same exact spot in frame in the same place in the set that Richard Brown was standing in the dream. Oh. And I love the juxtaposition between the two because these two men are foes or at least have been foes of the Frasers. One went one way and the other went the other way. Uh, and 
they're both smiling, but for def- very different reasons. And I, I was looking at this and I'm, I was saying, you know, this Tom Christie guy could have been real bad news. But he ended up, he ended up being a guy that you could kind of like and understand. You may not agree with him, but like, man, to, to give your life up for somebody that you love and what would you do to protect that person? Uh, yeah, that is something that's relatable. I can get that. Mm. I, I get it. And I think Mark Lewis Jones was just the right, just the right mix for that kind of character. And for me to buy that dedication to Claire. I don't, I, yeah, I think that was just the right move. Mm. So I don't know. What else? You got anything else for this episode? Yeah, we got to get to Wendigo Donner. Okay, you ready for my outlandish theory? Oh, I didn't know we were here for that. Yes, oh, tell well, me. I, mean, I, ha- I have one. If Let's you, do it. Bring you it. You just want to get it, it over with? Okay, here we go. The outlandish theory. By the way, this outlandish theory is brought to you by Minute with Mary. Minute with Mary is your one-stop shop for all things makeup and skincare in addition to podcasting and being Blake's wife and hanging out with my kids and being a musician. I also run MinuteWithMary.com and there I sell all types of makeup and skincare and I would love to help you feel more fabulous, my friends. So if you have any questions whatsoever, just reach out to me, Mary Larson, on Instagram or Facebook. You can simply search that hashtag MinuteWithMary. I do have a Facebook group where I share loads of tips and tricks and I try to help you just feel more confident and fabulous with your makeup and skincare needs. So All right. thank you so much. All right, here we go. Here's the outlandish theory. <laughs> All right, Marvin, my outlandish theory. Here we go. Uh, Wendigo Donna. Yeah. This ain't the last we're going to see of Wendigo Get Donna. out, Blake. What a great theory. Yeah, no, get, you know, listen, oh my I'm God. not saying this is Chernobyl oh take here, okay? This is, this is something. I'm not saying that this is Chernobyl take. <laughs> However, what I am saying is that the, <laughs> this guy is coming back, and I got a, I, I've got a feeling Ooh-hoo, that tonight's going to be a good night. That he is going to play a major role in what happens this season. Like, yes, we're all thinking about the American Revolution. Are you telling me this is your season seven premiere? Outlandish theory of a week. Yeah, because this guy is going to do some bad news stuff. Because he wants to get back to the future. Back to the future. Why can't he be good like Roger thinks he might? Because uh, he ain't got to be. He's so desperate. Because Roger didn't give him snacks. All he wants to- because of the snacks. Is he going to be hangry? All he wants to do is just go home. And what will you do when you're that desperate to go home? Right? And You raise your no- finger and you, you do E.T. <laughs> um, that, uh, it's not- a coincidence that Roger talks about feeling uh, some empathy for Wendigo Donner because the guy just felt like he was overwhelmed and there was um, that like he would have done the same thing, but he chose to do nothing just to survive. It's now going to be going beyond that point for Wendigo Donner where it's like, I'm going to do what it takes to survive and I'm going to do some bad news stuff. Interesting. And I think that he will be a major factor in somehow hurting Roger and Bree. Uh, because Roger was the one that's like, yeah, dude, I'm going to help you out. Like, Ali, we got this whole float, like a butterfly stinging like a bee thing. And you no, know, I think because the two stories, the Roger and Bree and Jamie and Claire are going in such different directions, I think Roger and Bree have to have their own momentum and they have to have their own narrative. And Wendigo Donner, to me, feels like that. 
it feels like now this is going to be way more personal than just, oh, yeah, I'm going to pray for him. Wee! Like, no, no. That nothing gets resolved like that in Outland. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So that is my Outland well, theory. Marvin, what do you think? Fellow book readers, collectively, we can say, interesting. <laughs> Mock me. Please hang up and try again. All right, Marvin, you got anything else that you'd like to talk about for this episode? I took some little notes. Uh, no, we went through all my notes. We did. Well done. Oh, well my goodness done, gracious. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I as well. I, as a premiere, I would say that it was not premiere material. It felt more like finale material. Which is still an elevated version of television compared to middle of the sandwich. You felt like it was like, got yeah, some, got some good meat on it. Yeah. I mean, it just, it serves as a closeout for season six. Now I'm interested to see, okay, we have earned the closeout for season six for the most part we've earned it now where do we go well now where we go is we potentially look at the coming up on next week part of the show oh yes okay i'll bring that up you're welcome blake so (laughs) for those of you who don't know um we don't watch the coming up on next week bits we save that for our podcast so blake is going to be pulling that on up so we can watch it in lifetime with you this has been such a fun... Oh, and we get to read some some feedback, my love. Uh, yes. We, you, do you want to do the preview first or do you want to do the feedback? Let's do the preview first. Okay, here we go. Let me, yes. let me, let me just bring it up real okay, quick. and I'll get my headphones on. I am beyond thrilled with, though, how this Season 7 premiere came out. I think it's phenomenal. I think it looks top-notch. I am so excited and ready to delve into the rest of the season and to be live podcasting with you all again. So thank you so incredibly much for joining in in whichever way, shape, or form, whether it's live or through your podcast app as Blake pulls this up. Thank you for vamping for me, Mary. I appreciate that. Uh, let me get the volume up here. I'm sorry, I didn't have this it's, ready to it's go. It's okay, it's okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Jamie, do you really think that anyone could have... Oh, oh my God, pause me? it! Lord John is back, baby. He's more beautiful than he, ever. He, he is oh. so... He's beauteous. Look okay, at him. Okay, can we just let's, go back? Let's go back. He says his name, Jamie. Well, let's just take, let's just take it just back Just picture him saying anyone's name. Mary. Blake. <laughs> Like friends, just have that I'm, moment. I with might me even right question now. myself if just, he's called me by, if he said my name like that. Just listen to his name, but pretend he's saying yours. You're welcome. <laughs> Jamie, oh. do you really think that anyone could oppose the crown and win? I mean, okay, pause again. <laughs> Mary, do you really think I, I'll do whatever you say, Lord John Gray? Okay. <laughs> I'm a vampire. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right, here we go. We'll do it one more time. Okay, just last for, time, just for, the, for Mary's sake. Okay, here we go. Thank you. Really think that anyone could oppose the crown and win? Did he bring presents? You're not as brave as I was before. You. Oh, I love that line. I love that too. <gasps> oh. <sighs> love it. I love it so much. How have we just had two orgasms over just two lines? <laughs> I can't handle this show. I can't handle it. Jamie, two orgasms. I haven't. That's brave. Oh, oh my god. Okay, continue. I love that because of the vulnerability, the relatability, and Jamie aging, but also recognizing that <laughs> it was real close that he didn't have Claire there. And he can only do so much, right? Like he he can only risk so much. How long is her hair? Hold on. Yeah, we, uh, this is we got a time jump here. We got a time jump. I mean, I know that takes some time to get home. 
I'm going to say- Her I, hair, it looks like an updo. It's hard to tell because of her hair. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's yeah. what I'm going to say. I bet you the show, because we closed out season six mm-hmm. in this first episode, mm-hmm. the show does a year time jump, one year later. Love it. I mean, she's definitely taking collagen because her hair has grown. All right. <laughs> All the collagen. All the collagen. Go to minutewithmary.com to get some I've collagen. I've got great collagen. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm sorry for your loss. My loss. All right, there it okay. is. All right. All right, so, so here, see, so, yeah, we got some hair growth. Yeah, we got at least six months. She can now do here. a half. She can now do a half up twisty thing. Yes, yes, this you is know, six kind, months. Kind of like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> but not really, because she, she can't have the full pony. And we got Alan. So it looks like they're going to deal with Alan. This, to me, by the way, absolutely confirms that this ki- that this kid killed the sister. Interesting. And this kid absolutely is the one who got her pregnant because they're weird. They're weird. She's being in everybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just... That was so awkward. I know. <laughs> And Tom was like, my wife sucks. She slept around. She slept She's not even my daughter. Yeah. She slept with everyone, too. <laughs> All right, here we go. You traveled 200 years to be with me. Yeah. It was the life you chose, but you did not let that stop you becoming a... Okay, Okay, hi, hi. whoa, time out. This is, this is pretty much all, like, teaser trailer. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting that so much of the trailer is, is now showing in mm-hmm. the episode two thing, which leads me to believe that there's going to be so many things that we had no idea even happening. Yeah. After episode two. <gasps> all right. So, all right. Listen, the smile that we- <laughs> Look at Lord Chet's face <laughs> where you just paused it. He's looking at Brie like, damn, girl. <laughs> oh, oh, you look good. <laughs> or, girl, have you not had a nap? I know you've been pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you eye cream as a present. You are not using it. Lord John Gray's face is so judging no, right it was, now. It was, it's the, that's the eyeshadow you chose to wear today? Seriously. <laughs> you looked so good in episode one. By the way, it does distract me a little bit how uh, much makeup Brie wears compared to Claire. Claire looks super all natural. Now, granted, she's in a jail, but she looks yeah. all natural. Yeah. And Brie's got like the eyeshadow, the lipstick, the contouring. It's a lot. <laughs> But th- then maybe that's what Lord John is saying. He's he's saying, "Honey, we, we don't have makeup like that here. <laughs> Your contour is a little strong. It's distracting Mary Larson in Rhode Island." All right, here we go. <laughs> you did not let that stop you. Okay, that the smile there shared between obviously William and and Bree. Don't like it. Don't like it. Gloria thinks that the 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 um. Look, is damn girl, you look like your father. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Husband, soldier. Wait, you didn't mean, who are you two think she's talking the to? Man of honor. Oh, well, you missed it. You missed it. What? We were too busy talking about Lord John Gray that you ignored the other gentleman who's in the shot with No, him. I didn't ignore him. How to tell when the hosts aren't I'm listening. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I said it's obviously William. Okay, sorry. And the totally fact that she smiled at him that way. Okay. Do they get a handshake? Uh, do they exchange gifts? Is that like a thing? Like, if you come late to the family, do I telling, have to get you a Christmas present? Are you present? telling me the son of Lord John does not give good gifts? Oh, you're right. He probably gives half birthday gifts. And she's like, he oh man, does. I wasn't prepared for this. I thought we were at an age where we just buy each other's kids gifts. I didn't know. No, 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 no. That's so awkward when you meet somebody and they give you a Christmas or birthday gift. Oh, and you're like, yeah. I, I don't do that for adults anymore, really. <laughs> I didn't know this is how it's going to be. I had a friendship go sour because of that. 
Really? Yeah, both of us did. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, LA I, person. I, yeah, yeah, I remember that. yeah, because we didn't know, and that was like a rule change. Like they didn't used to give gifts, and they did somebody else, and then that friend gave us gifts on Christmas, and we were like, we didn't know, Lord John Gray. We yeah. did not know. Yep. But Bree should know. Bree should know. Mm-hmm. Lord John, his son, gives the best gifts. Like you thought, Lord John Gray was great. Oh no, 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 no. He he has now become. William is now the Jedi. We're going to see. We're, we're going to see if the force is strong in him. <laughs> uh, so that is that. That is the, uh, the uh, what's it called there? The uh, preview. And uh, what? <laughs> I was just thinking. What? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Brie would just like ball busted and was like, pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> like did things like siblings would do, like act completely. That's why Lord John gave her the look. <laughs> yes. She's like, you're my brother. Cool. Let me show you a trick. Pull my finger. <laughs> Thanks for the makeup. I appreciate that. <laughs> Classy. Oh, Classy girl from Boston. Classy broad from Boston. I like it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There's, there's never been a more apropos time for this. Your cousin from Boston. Oh, love it. Love it. All right. Uh, it is time for some feedback, my love. Um, if you could, please, just vamp for me for one moment. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. I don't even know what we're going to. Are we going to listener feedback? Yes. Awesome. Perfect. So, friends, um, if you would like your feedback to potentially be read on a podcast, you can do it in the following places. At jointhenerdclan.com is where Blake and I frequently pull feedback as that is from our patronage community, Patreon community. Um, so thank you very much for all of our friends who are there. We also pull from Instagram and from Facebook. And um, just... Make sure you check those places out because yes. you like to pull f- your different feedback there. All right. Uh, by the way, it's uh, Heather Wilson says, oh, my God, Blake, that sound bite is so perfect for Bree and William. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> Love it. That needs to be played multiple times. Yes, it, it is week. absolutely going to be played. Like, Thank you, Heather Wilson. Every minute of next next episode, next week. All right. So uh, what we're going to do, Marvin, is I, I'm just going to pull just for the sake of expediency. Uh, and and do we have any voicemails? Uh, we don't have any voicemails, <gasps> uh, unfortunately. Shame. I I don't think that we do. Let me okay. Let me just check. Well, we'll check this on now. So once again, friends, we're doing this all in one episode compared to how we've done in the past because Blake is going so long farewell. I to say adieu. Yeah, no, we don't have any uh, any voicemail. So by the way, if you do want to give voicemail for next episode, go for to marianblake.com. Click you so the much. contact button. The voicemail is 90 seconds maximum. So just make sure you say your name, where you're from, and then giddy up. Okay. Because yes. it cuts you off. Okay. It chops you off. All right, so we're going to read just a few of these comments for right here, for right now. Uh, and these ones are coming from uh, jointhenerdclan.com just for the sake of expediency. Uh, this one comes from Maureen. She says, well, I give this episode three kilts. I don't do decimals. It's a decent season opener, but it didn't blow the doors off. You could tell where there was a big focus on closing the Malva's murder storyline ASAP. So there wasn't much space to set the scene for the rest of the season. In the end, the episode kind of felt like a filler in between big storylines rather than a proper season kickoff. That being said, my good is the truth behind Tom's confession remaining a mystery for the viewer and for the characters. My bad is that it turns out young Ian is just an accessory in this episode. Yes, goodbye, Ian, And my again. great is Jamie's I'm also a violent man line. It could have been the reunion between Claire and Jamie, but we've seen that many times we don't as often get to see how much one should not mess with Jamie. How did we not give the call out to buy Ian? I mean, he buy Ian himself. 
right? Like, oh man, just you're here, but you're really not. Oh man, that was so he by Ian himself. <laughs> Peace. All right, this one comes from Laura Roach. She says, My kilt rating is four. It seemed like such a continuation of the slower pace and somewhat clunky directing of much of the season six. Then I remembered the first four episodes of this season were originally supposed to be in last season. I wonder how many of our season seven episodes will be new. My GBG. The good, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. The bad, governor's boat security. Claire just gets to leave. No scene with the governor to wrap up his big speech and threat. I was confused as well. The great, the scene between Tom Christie and Claire. I thought Mark Lewis Jones was terrific. I'm so glad to have Outlander and you guys back. All right. This one comes from Carrie. She says, hello, friends. I'm so glad that Droughtlander is over. I give this episode four kilts. My good was the relationship tension between Tom and Jamie. Ultimately, Jamie knew only Tom could free Claire with his confession, so he agreed to it for her freedom, but begrudgingly because of Tom's feelings for her, I thought this situation wrapped up their feud, in quotation marks, well, and left the mystery of the murder there as well. My bad was the way the episode ended with Jamie and Richard Brown. The screen going to black left me shrugging and thinking, that's it? My great was the energy building around the upcoming events, the impending war, conflict over choosing sides, rebel or crown, the future, and nervous energy about their fate. As a book reader, I'd liked the show differences so far, and I look forward to seeing how they will move the plot line forward. It's going to be a great season. And Carrie, I do want to say this. I agree with you. I, I got that that's it kind of feeling from this. It's okay that we get to assume that Jamie does what he does to Richard Brown, but there's just such a catharsis for us as viewers, I feel like, to see it and just, again, watch the life go drain out of this guy's eyes. Like, for all the crap that he did and he put the phrases through, like, blowing up their house, you know, essentially, and... And doing and and what happened to Claire and all it, it and trying to send Jamie off to Scotland and you know I I just wanted that as a viewer and I wanted it for Jamie like I wanted that to come through so I get it I get it all right the last one I'm going to do is from Laurel she says I'm so happy that we're back I don't want to be negative because I'm so excited so the good the acting and the writing between Tom and Claire that scene was played so beautifully full on body language and facial expressions changes by Tom the bad like I said I don't want to be negative so if I had to say something it was back and forth on the storyline between Claire and Jamie and Bree and Roger Bree and Roger's storyline just doesn't isn't too strong to be sprinkled in with the rescue episode but the great oh my god it's Jamie confronting Mr. Brown wow <laughs> He looked scary, and I felt like the way it was shot was giving me full-on Western vibes. Ooh, Jamie's facial expressions made it. Five whole kilts Love it. from Laurel, and that is that. Got anything <clears throat> that we can talk about? I want to thank our friends at um, who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. I just yes. want to shout, shout them out. Yes. Um, we've got one by a person named Bubbies. <laughs> That's why I have to call this person out because their name is Bubbies. Hold on, here we go. Bam! Just like that. 
So I know I'm shifting gears. I know I'm not reading somebody's GBGs, but I was getting things ready and gearing up. Now, friends, if you haven't yet written us a review in Apple Podcasts, that is a place to do it. Whether you watch us on Facebook and YouTube and you don't even go near a podcast app, head on over and write us a written review. Not just the stars, the, the writing helps a ton. Or if you listen on a different device, trust me, Apple Podcasts is the place to write the review. Yes. Uh, so I want to thank Bubbies. <laughs> because Bubbies left us five stars. And so this show isn't only my favorite show recap podcast, it's my favorite overall podcast. Ooh, Mary okay. and Blake have such a fun, intelligent banter and make me feel like my obsession with the show is totally justified. It is. It is, Bubbies. <laughs> I love the dynamic. Mary is here for the drama. No, Bubbies. Not me. <laughs> Puppies. <laughs> the steamy chemistry. Mm, sure am. <laughs> Just give her and, some more Sassanac whiskey. And the magic. Here for that. And Blake, who has all the behind the scenes intel, the history commentary, and the knowledge of what makes a solid show. I feel like they are my friends and share that share my passion for the series. Keep it up, you two. So, Aww, Bubbies. Oh, Bubbies. Slanjava. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. So, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, I just want to call this out, too. Uh, on our other podcast that we had uh, for the Potterverse, I made a goal that we have um, public, which is we'd like to get to 900 members that join the nerdclan.com. And for our members that for the Potterverse that joined there, I, I said that I would make a special gift for them if we got to 900. I want to do the same thing for the Outlander people. So I'm hoping that we get to 900 members at jointhenerdclan.com. And if we do, I want to give you all, whoever wants it at jointhenerdclan.com, I want to give you all a gift. And we'll have a vote for whatever gift it is. If it's you want extra content from me or extra content from Mary or if it's an actual gift gift. I want to send them stickers. If you want to send stickers, we're we're sending the Potterverse people stickers. Um, But if you want something else, let's take a vote. I want to get to 900. That's what I want. So let's do it. Okay, fair enough? Fair enough. All right, fair enough. So come on, Outlander people. Come on, nerds. Don't let me down. We've got this. We've got got this. this. We got this. All All right, right. cool. So anything else you want to talk about in this episode, my love? Mm -mm. Anything else that you want to bring up for our listeners or- I just absolutely adore you. Like you took the time to hang on out with Blake and I, some jabronis from Rhode Island, to talk about this extraordinary series, of course, that was first begun with the the wonderfully talented Dinah Gabaldon. Friends, just know that if you listen to this podcast or if you tune in for the live viewing because you don't have people who are near you or in your family or in your friend group who share a passion for this show the way you do, we are here for you. We are our own little nerd clan, as Blake likes to so lovingly say. We're here to geek out with you, and we invite you to connect with us on social media. You can find us, Mary and Blake, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, Follow us on YouTube. We love hearing from you, so feel free to send us a message. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you disagree with us. Let us know if you agree. Especially if you you disagree with us. Blake loves the disagreeing Oh, God, I love it. I live for it. I live for it. That's the whole reason why I do this podcast. Like legitimately. Yeah. You can email us <laughs> at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. And oh, by the way, yeah. uh, Anna Spain on hey, Facebook Anna, has a you? fantastic suggestion. Okay. Which is Blake starts book four of Outlander for Blake's as book club. Gift. As the gift. Love it. If we get to, uh, well, we'll still wait for more. So we'll wait, we'll we'll wait, for, we'll wait for more suggestions. suggestions. Yeah, okay. However, that's the front runner because I like that idea. I like it. So, because that's a gift that keeps giving. 
It never ends. It always just keeps going. I love it. <laughs> You're so great. <laughs> All right, friends. Thank you so incredibly much for tuning into this episode, season seven premiere of Outlander Cast. We are so grateful for you. Um, we've got some fun things planned, as Blake was alluding to, and this season's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm ready to go, gonna man. going to be flipping amazing. I cannot wait. This premiere has blown away my expectations. Yeah. Outlander's back. I'm in a real positive place. I will say that. I can tell. I'm in a real positive place. Me too. I feel much better already now than I did last season. Me too. Way better. Like, not even close. N not even the same universe. Uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed, Blake. All right. All right, everybody. Let's uh, let's close this bad boy out. Yes. I got to find the right music. Here we go. Just want to remind you that this episode was uh, brought to you one of our partners at Webox. Just go to webox.co.uk. Again, webox.co.uk and plug in that uh, that code CAST, C-A-S-T 10, the, the, the number 10, uh, for 10% off any purchase. Trust me, you want to go to Webox. They get it. They're awesome. And they get their stuff to you like real quick. And if you want to have a piece of Scotland in your house, that one that is personalized and very special that helps local communities and local businesses in Scotland, go to webox.co.uk and get yourself a gift. 10% off courtesy of us, okay? Because we're awesome. We are, <laughs> and we love Webox. We want to thank our friends at jointhenerdclan.com who, as I said earlier in the show, made all of this possible. We especially want to thank our friends at the associate producer level and above so we want to thank Anne, bobby dana joanne kathleen katie kirsty lisa marianne sarah um siobhan uh susie q tara vicky angie barbara jennifer caitlin keelan meredith peg brenda Brittany, candy carolyn carrie christy jennifer karen laura marilyn norma shauna Stephanie, Suzanne, and Trini, uh, Tracy. Wow, I just made a whole like new Trini. word. Trini. Well, her, her, <laughs> <laughs> her last name is Enos, and so I just like yeah, yeah. was reading the entire thing. Sure, sure. Tracy Enos became Trini. So sorry, Tracy. <laughs> I love her. She's she's from Rhode Island. She's one of my friends from the Philharmonic. We, oh, we knew awesome. each other way back when. All right, cool. I'm thank in. you, thank you, thank you to our friends, anyone and everyone at Troy the New York Clan, but especially our friends, associate producer and above. Yes. So uh, for just again, we are going to be doing the After Doc show right after we produce this podcast live. So if you are listening to this in the podcast universe later in the future, that's just another reason for you to join the NerdClan. Doc. Go there, join the NerdClan.com. Join us for these After Doc shows. It's just Mary and I Hanging shooting out. the breeze. Yes. Shooting the breeze. All right, ladies and gents. My name is Mary. My name is Blaine. And you have been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>